You're listening to Agile Next, the next generation Agile talk show. I'm Daniel Gulo. And I'm Stephen Forte. Each week, we ask industry leaders to share their past experiences with Agile practices and to provide their insights into where Agile is heading to next. The show is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and by visiting our website at www.agilenext.tv. This episode is brought to you by Applebrook Consulting and Fresco Capital. Whatever your Agile needs, Applebrook Consulting can help with training and coaching. Visit our website at www.apple-brook.com. Fresco Capital is a global venture capital firm focusing on entrepreneurs building global businesses. Visit our website at fresco.vc. Episode 24, November 24th, 2016. Today on the show, we have Vinod Kumar in Bangalore, India. We're recording live at the Scrum Gathering in Bangalore. Vinod has been working for a number of years at the Microsoft Technology Center in Bangalore, India. Vinod, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for uh, calling me to the show. Uh, Looking forward. Can you explain to Daniel and I and our audience just actually what the Microsoft Technology Center is? Because I know what it is, and it's pretty innovative and cool, but probably most people are not familiar with it. Okay, so uh, the Microsoft Technology Center is uh, one of 35-odd centers around the world. The one in India is right here in Bangalore. And uh, we do have a satellite center in Mumbai, so that makes it one and a half, if you have to say, in India. Uh, so uh, what do we do in, uh, do in the Microsoft Technology Center is to help our customers take informed decisions when it comes to Microsoft technologies. Um, with the advent of cloud, Azure, um, data, and a lot of things that are happening in, this, um, in, in the country, uh, people are looking for uh, technology choices, when to use what, uh, when not to use a technology, and uh, when to use certain technologies in a slightly differentiated fashion. So uh, a lot of times customers come to us, uh, ask us as, uh, as their advisors for technology, if you may. Uh, that's exactly why we want to be. We want to be helping these customers uh, take the right decision when it comes to the technology adoption uh, from a Microsoft technology point of view. And I first visited you, I think, about five years ago at the Technology Center, and I was surprised that all of these customers were huge. I don't know if I'm allowed to name them, but they were like big, big companies, multinational organizations. Not necessarily my definition of a, of a customer, a typical customer that would be very experimental and very agile and, and make the type of investments for corporate innovation. Can you talk a little bit about how, how that works? Okay, so, uh, so if you're really looking at the uh, Microsoft Technology Center, uh, what we're talking about is, we're talking about the extremes of customers. So you do have uh, ISVs on one side, which are small, lean, agile, as, as, as you call it, or the startups, as you, as you call them. Uh, we have a lot of the, uh, uh, the incubators that are there in the Microsoft Accelerator program. Uh, we actually, uh, in a lot of sense, at MTC, we say that, hey, let's adopt a couple of them. So what we do is that uh, we keep an eye on these accelerators, uh, these uh, startups, and then suddenly see that, hey, uh, is, there a, is there a potential? Do we see a spark? Uh, can we like loosely, like from an adoption, when you say we just, we just bring them into MTC and say that, hey, talk us through what you do uh, day in, day out. What technology choices have you done? Uh, more importantly, what we try to see is that these guys have great ideas. Um, but we are trying to see, do they have the bridge to the technology to actually make uh, these ideas realize into a product? So, uh, so our questions are more about um, why are you using X? Why are you using Y? Why did you do this? Why didn't you do that? 
um, so uh, open their eyes to the uh, to the landscape of technology that they could have potentially used uh, to achieve the same thing. Maybe it could have been faster, or keeping maybe for for a couple of our customers that I see in in the in the, in the startup uh, uh, space is that they want to go go fast. They want to show uh, show a product uh, or at least a prototype, if not anything else. Uh, but we try to dent them and ask them questions around. Okay, have you thought about security? Have you thought about privacy? Uh, have you thought about how are you storing this data? How are you transmitting this data? How are you, I mean, I mean, this this era is is about cyber threats. Are you thinking on those lines? Are you are you sensitive to your customers' data, and and what are you doing towards it? And then the idea is to seed these ideas right uh, uh, in 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 front of them, keep it up 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 there, so that they start uh, making the product design when they actually go full fledged. They are actually prepared on these lines to say that hey, I think so. I need to have a framework that actually um, goes and plugs this. So we do have these uh, these startups on one end, and as you said, um, uh, for us uh, in, in the last ten years of of, uh, of the MTC in India, uh, we have these repeat big enterprises that come in. So these guys just come in uh, and they say that hey, uh, I'm looking at a new technology wave. Uh, how can I adopt this? And and some of these enterprises are are, are like okay. Can easily have some around two hundred thousand people working uh, easily uh, across the uh, across India. I mean, just in India. I mean, if, uh, if you have to say, and uh, these guys come and uh, again come like uh, these startup mindset, and then say that hey, there are some new innovations. Can I be one of your um, marquee uh, use case or an example to say that hey, uh, these are one of uh, a company X uses this framework. Uh, currently, I'm seeing trends around on cloud becoming big. Uh, things around that we discussed uh, around bot frameworks, for example. I saw a big company come in and then say that, hey, uh, how can I use bots in, into my enterprise? How can I weave it so that it can become like a use case for you, but for the enterprise, not for the consumers? Uh, I have enough and more uh, systemic process problems that are that are there with me, and then how can I use them? So we do have this landscape, and this is going from side to side, just from the ITES side. And then for us, uh, there are other 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 vectors that we are talking about. We are talking about partners uh, who actually uh, go about implementing them, and then you got the public sector. That's our government. So we we uh, discuss a lot with our government. We have those guys coming in and asking us, give us an IT solution to something which is like uh, like like how can I do it? Because India is a country of scale, so everything has to be multiplied within hundred x. If not, that's that's a lower number. They always come back and say, how can I multiply this by a thousand x? Because that's the that's the scale that we are talking about. It's 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 a billion, it's it's, it's a billion. So I mean that's that's just a headcount that we are talking about. And then the usage of technology and how can I bring it down to a to a person who's uh, who's who's in this village who's got uh, who's rarely connected, for example. How can I get it there? So uh, so the problems actually go both lengthwise and breadthwise. And I think so that's the challenge uh, we love at MTC uh, trying to help. So that's really interesting perspective on uh, the clients that you have, Vinod. And um, maybe you could give us some also elaborate a little bit more on some of the technologies that you're using, uh, the platforms, and so on, and maybe also some of the the uh, principles and practices that you follow when you're delivering on some of these needs from the from the clients. Yeah. So uh, so awesome. Uh, the way that it uh, it works is is pretty simple. Um, so what. Uh, at, at MTC, there's this one golden rule. Um, are we solving a problem? That's it. It has to solve a problem. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, uh, whenever we have seen our customers uh, go into this uh, soul-searching mode of actually 
figuring out a problem because they already have a solution, we say that, sorry, you're on your own. So you, you need to have that. So uh, th that's our fundamental goal. So at any time, any customer calls in or we call in uh, to a customer, uh, we do have a pre-briefing uh, call. Uh, so the first thing that we ask is, hey, CTO, if it's a CTO, CTXO, whoever it is, CMO, we ask him, what is that two or three things that is not allowing you to sleep? What is that, what is that plaguing thing in your mind? Uh, what is that coming to your mind that, hey, I wish I had something? I mean, don't, don't talk about the process, but, but tell us what is that, that, that one thing that is nagging you and keeping you awake? Can we look at a process? Can we look at technology that can aid you in actually solving that problem? So that's, that's the key for us. So the problem statement has to be concrete, uh, has to have a finite boundary in which it plays. And obviously uh, at this point in time, uh, as soon as we have abstracted ourselves, uh, we are no more talking as uh, I'm, I'm here to sell something, I'm here to solve something. That's, that's the fundamental difference. And that's why customers look at us. Uh, uh, I, I do remember when I first joined MTC, which was about six years back, I do remember a customer coming in and say that, hey, I have a Delphi. Uh, which is foreign banking. So he said that I'm, I'm running a Delphi system. Uh, it's running off a database, uh, whatever it is, and I'm having performance problem. And uh, he said, is your problem only a performance problem? There's nothing to do with Microsoft. And you're coming to Microsoft Technology Center. And um, they came back and said, yeah, yeah, I mean, I understand that, but I'm running on Windows. I said, that's good enough. <laughs> that's a good start, at least. Uh, let's, let's have the conversation. So um, we started to look at their, uh, their code, and uh, mind you, at that time, I think so, uh, .NET was at its peak. We are talking about 2010 or something, or 20, 2008, 2009. .NET was at its peak. Java was at its peak, and, and this guy was running a Delphi. And then uh, we saw the code, and then we said, hey, you have a more systemic problem here. Uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong. Uh, things are working fine, but you're running a Delphi system, which is a 32-bit and you do have scalability limits that you're going to get into, and that's the reason why your system is, is small. It's because of the technology choice that you have done. Now, I'm not here to come back and advocate saying that you move away from Delphi because you have customers and you have systems running, keep running it, but start looking at this uh, with a much more detailed microscope. If you don't do this, I think so you're going to lose your business. This is just like how, how, how Nokia went and said that, hey, uh, the CEO actually in his last speech said that we didn't do anything wrong, but we failed. <laughs> so the, the whole, whole idea over here is very simple. You got to innovate, but at the same time, you got to keep up at pace, both from a customer standpoint and as well as a technology standpoint. Um, that's not, you, you don't have to reboot yourself every time, but if you can reinvent yourself, I think that you're in a better shape. That's, that's what it is. And, and, and you hear, I mean, from, I mean, from a technology that you asked for, right? I think so today, uh, it, it is a, it's a wide spectrum, but for uh, for, for our customers, a lot of them come back and say, I'm, I'm mobile only. And I have a few startups who come and say, I'm cloud only. And then there are, there are these banks and, and others and saying, I'm on-premise only. <laughs> and so, so the, 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 the variety, uh, variety is there. The, the platter is very much out there. But uh, we got to see uh, what works for them. We spoke before about the Microsoft Technology Center having a little bit of autonomy. You're not, in, you're not responsible for sales. These are existing customers. So it's a very uh, interesting way for Microsoft to service their customers. So the customers, that, the customers that come to you, do you feel that they're looking towards the Technology Center as a way to spur corporate innovation on their side? Or are they looking for something different? So, um, so here's, uh, here's what happens. Uh, 
uh, especially in India. Uh, these, uh, if you're looking at enterprises coming in, they're looking at uh, us as as the voice of Microsoft to tell them, hey, this is some, this is this is, we are we are seen as a lighthouse if you have to, uh, uh, for a lost ship. That's what an enterprise is because enterprise does so many things. Uh, they're right in the middle of the ocean. They are they're riding the waves, but they need some direction. And so, so that's that's one type of uh, engagement that uh, a lot of our customers look at us. They say that, hey, um, what's that direction? What's my uh, uh, what's the in, uh, what's the uh, innovation I need to do from my side, or the technology uh, that I need to keep my developers, testers, or or my all my ITS organizations have to learn so that the, they can ride the next wave that is coming in the technology um, point of view. So that's that's one. Uh, from it's from a startup point of view, or if, you have, if you're looking at ISVs or the product companies, they are so cocooned in the in the fact that they are trying to solve from a business. They they go in out, they don't come out outward in. They, so so their problem uh, for most cases is uh, I'm meeting customers almost every other day. So I'm I'm looking at you you take a run rate of uh, at least two to three customers uh, every week, which is about you're, you're talking about 100 150 customers easily that I could meet in a year, and. Uh, and, and club that with the six six year of, of lifespan inside that um, inside the org. I've seen enough and more people, and 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 what they are asking is, hey, am I solving real world problems, or am I am I just am I creating the solution, trying uh, getting into the soul searching for the problem, or have I made the right choice with the platform as I've I've started uh, started my journey. So I have I have a lot of these uh, six month old companies who come in and say that I'm using X, I'm using Y technology, I'm using this for a database. Am I doing it right? And and it's it's quite a uh, um, and and if you if you talk about business models and all that, I mean they have all that said. They said this is my market and all that. That's fine, that you could do it in an investor uh, pitch. But if you're getting into the technology point of view, my only question is, can it work? I mean, it, does it work for hundred? Does it work for one billion? That's it. And if it doesn't, you don't. And, and you have at the technology center companies, as you just said, that have 200,000 plus employees and you have some companies that have two employees. And you mentioned a moment ago that the startups that come in, you ask them all these hard questions about enterprise and privacy, which startups always forget to address. So you're bringing very enterprise level things down to the startup, which is great. And just ask Uber and Airbnb. They wish they would have focused on those things from day one. So that that's a big service that those startups get by being housed inside of the Microsoft Technology Center because they're now influenced by the enterprises that you have housed there. Does that work in the reverse as well? Do those startups influence those bigger 200, because literally they're 200,000 times smaller or 100,000 times smaller. So are they influencing their big brothers in, in the enterprises that are there as well? Irrespective of that, I think so what, what you're saying is, is absolutely right. Uh, that is happening. And and for, uh, for God forbid, I think so I can go to any of these uh, 100,000 plus employee organization all of them now have an innovation center. All of them have an innovation center or a COE for innovation. I don't. I mean, you can't have one. I mean, you got to have that in, in your culture. You got to have that in. That has to be in your DNA. Uh, that's how how innovations happen. Um, so these guys are coming back. They are, they are getting they are, they are they are getting bullied around. If you have to say by these small guys, uh, if if you have to, it's not the other way around. They suddenly see that. Suddenly, uh, you see that uh, you, uh, you get into a bank and and then you have this. This uh, plethora of of these side innovations or these small small startups who come up with unique solutions that solve real uh, real tough problems rather than just being that hey I'm just a checker or a banker I mean that 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 world is gone. Uh, these guys are coming ahead and saying that hey if you're a banker can you can you do a cross sell can you do an upsell uh, can you uh, can you look at um, a, a timed uh, ad that I can I can put 
uh, or when when a call comes to my call center is there a way that i could cross sell or an, an upsell an, an opportunity or with a service that that this person might be potentially looking for these are solutions not coming from the enterprise the enterprise is looking at just looking at keeping the keeping the business running but they're not looking at how can i make the, how can i grow the business and these small startups are coming and just puncturing them at, at the wrong places and they're not happy about it so these guys are coming back and then um, that that influence is happening these startups are coming back making a big dent in the market beat uh, beat in all 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 the uh, all the areas if you're talking about uh, manufacturing you're talking about finance uh, you're talking about fraud management risk assessments all these guys are you don't have the big players there you have only the small players they are, they are they're big in this so vinod we ask all of our guests uh, the same question to get their perspective on where agile is leading next so in your opinion, where do you think, what do you think the world holds for Agile next? Where is it heading in the future? So, um, so the way that I see companies uh, actually working on, I mean, Agile is, is no more uh, um, a thing on the, on, the, on, the, on the blackboard. So, so people are adopting it. Uh, the way that they are adopting it at the rate at which they are adopting may vary. It, it may vary between a startup to a, what an enterprise would do. But um, both of them are converging. Both of them are converging to a point wherein uh, it's just, I mean, that's, it's, it's one is the process you're talking about. The second that I'm seeing, which is, which is missing uh, uh, in the, uh, in the enterprises, uh, especially is uh, the need for things like uh, DevOps automation, if you have to. Uh, things for how do I bring, I mean, uh, this is something that I tell my customers, in, especially in the Azure world or, or any cloud platform. If you're using an UI, you're doing something wrong. As simple as that. So as some, I mean, uh, people might go ahead and put a lot of automation, the people might go ahead and put a lot of uh, cool stuff on the UI fronts, but I think so you have to start getting into this. Um, you've got to get, get into a rhythm which can be automated in, in a lot of ways. It can be scripted in a lot of ways. Uh, it can be deployed in, in a number of ways. It can be platform agnostics in a number of ways. What can I do over there? And, and, and how can enterprises or startups actually start embracing this? People don't think on those lines. And I wish uh, a lot of lot of these companies uh, as they come in, as they start. Uh, so, uh, if you really ask, are you production ready? Is is a big question. It's a, it's a million dollar question sometimes because um, they might they might narrow their 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 scope. If you have to say that this is my actual uh, way of usage, but uh, you'll be surprised that uh, our customers are much more intelligent. They they figure out ways of actual usage. Uh, they actually. Uh, they open up a new door and new opportunity of, of the same uh, use case that, that you have never imagined. And I've seen a lot of use cases there. Um, people come back and say that, how can I, like, for example, in the, in the distribution chain, uh, today there's no way uh, for manufacturers to know what is my last mile delivery. How can somebody even figure it out? How do, I mean, they have, they have control till the distributor, but they don't have it uh, from retailer to the actual uh, shop where it has been delivered. And people are asking, is there a methodology for me to actually bring that back in? Can I get last mile delivery, which, which at some point in time I've seen uh, in the retail business, uh, today some of them are doing. Uh, they are, they're going ahead to the last mile kiosk or the POS systems and collecting this data and then feeding it back so that now you know uh, what product is running and which store and which region, which, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the type of agility that people are asking for. People are asking for feedbacks. They're not asking for feedbacks after you use it. The people are asking you feedbacks at the point of delivery. Uh, I, we do have systems I've seen uh, in the retail store today that you can, you can, you can punch in your 
your survey and your feedback right when you're buying stuff of their quality of service and so on and so forth. But today, what at the, at the POS system, what somebody is not able to deliver is that if you had bought A, the probability that you buy B is going to be high. And can I, at that kiosk, send you and deliver you that? And I mean, that's just from a software development that I'm talking about. But how can I build a process around, uh, around being quick, being fast, understand customer uh, feedbacks, and then um, grow myself to the next level? And that's, that's what I see uh, if you really look at it, not just from a development cycle, but from an end-to-end -end, uh, use case. And I have a question about the Indian market. So you work at an American company in India, a pretty large American company, but not one of the larger ones. There's much larger companies than Microsoft. But in your role, you're talking to very, very large companies as well as the small companies. But India has the scale, as you mentioned before, the headcount's a billion and all the usage. Are there things about the Indian market that give you a unique perspective into that future of, of the future of work into agile into software development that we may not have as, you know, Daniel and I are Americans that we may not have um, working in American companies. Yeah. So um, I think so one of the things that happen uh, in the Indian company in, or in the Indian context, uh, I think so uh, it's, it's one of the most cost conscious markets that you can ever get. Um, uh, they're very sensitive to costs and um, what people look for is, 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 is that a freemium for me? Is that, I mean, so, so if you're really looking at it, uh, just like how, how uh, I was looking at your talk, and then and the first thing that came to my mind is that, hey, uh, irrespective of what your product is, what you're selling, I think so you need to have, you need to test the waters. You need to have the minimum viable prototype that you need to have so that I can, uh, I can sell the idea, I can see the idea, and then look at how can I monetize on that idea. And uh, the, this, this is a market which is, which is fundamentally built on that. Uh, you will have to have that um, cost cost factor, which is different. Um, when it kind when it when it happens to the U.S. side, I think so. The multiplication factor always helps you. So so people look at that from from that point of view. For you, a hundred dollars means uh, means a different thing for us because over here in India, it it, it costs you about six or, or six thousand eight hundred, which is which is like huge scale uh, that that you're talking about. So so from that market, I've I've always seen. Um, to sell sell even a single rupee in India is a tougher sell when compared to actually selling it from a U.S. market because that's a, that's a different way of, of selling it. Get it. Getting a dollar is different from getting a rupee here. Yeah. I mean, just that just that scale volumes that you're talking about, right? So I I, I need to work 68 times lesser when if it has to be, <laughs> <laughs> it has to be on the on the on the U.S. market if you have to. Uh, that's that's one side. The second thing that you see in uh, in India is that I think just because of the sheer uh, uh, number of people doing startups. I mean, I think so. That's just increased exponentially. And, and real briefly, Daniel and I have spent a few days now in Pune and, and here in Bangalore, and just been amazed of the boom of startups in India. So please, yeah. it's been amazing. So please continue. So, so the way that I see is that every other every other corner is a startup. Actually, I mean, uh, earlier I think so in Bangalore we used to say that you you throw a stone as you get onto the, onto the road, you're going to hit a, a software developer, but. The probability that you're going to uh, hit into a into a startup is is just the same now because that's that's how it is. Uh, I mean, like you'll have easily a, a ten to fifteen startups actually getting registered every single day. It kind of dovetails into my talk on Wednesday about entrepreneurial spirit, right? You know, the developers are coming up and saying, "Well, gee, I could start my own company writing some software," and they have awesome ideas that they can you know sell to the market, right?
Yeah, so uh, the, the, the whole MBAs uh, of the world, I mean, you don't need one. That's how it, it has become. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of guys uh, get out of college. I've, I've uh, been mentored to a lot of uh, MSPs, which is a Microsoft student partners. Uh, and I've seen uh, them get out of uh, college directly and then uh, start their own company and, and, and doing really good. Uh, and, and the best part is you get a fresh uh, set of ideas uh, and they are, I think so this millennial, if you have to say, uh, these guys uh, think differently. Uh, these guys are not traditional. They are not boxed by few things. Uh, uh, they, I mean, like we, we call it, I think outside the box, but these guys think there is no box. That's, that's the difference uh, for, for between these guys. I mean, that's the generation, lost generation versus the current generation. But no, as you've been talking about the startups, as, and as I said, Dan and I, you know, visited a bunch and we threw a few stones in Pune and like a hundred startups showed up. So um, what's driving that? Like what, I mean, if I, my last time I was in India was about 18 months ago and there was very few startups. So just in 18 months, it's, it's proliferated to immense proportions. Is something driving it culturally or politically or economically? I think so. All, all of them have a play here. So if you have uh, one is... Uh, I think so. You, I mean, if you if you really look at my parents, the way that they thought uh, I should be doing engineering, I should be joining a company, I should be in X Y Z. That's that's one set of generations that are there, and then you're looking about uh, the next generation that has come in, uh, who's who's looking at, hey, uh, can my my son be the CEO? Uh, mm-hmm. Even at at the age of eighteen, they're ambitious. Um, they are, uh, and 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 you don't need uh, much of. I mean, if, so the capital requirement is no more a a, a big big thing. Um, if you have the idea, if you can show a small prototype, if you can sell the idea, and then you know that you could realize this idea into a product, I think so the investment would come in. So uh, that, I mean, if, you, if you're really looking at it, uh, investors are looking at people that they can bet on. And uh, that's huge uh, as far as uh, India is concerned. Um, the second thing uh, from, from government, for example, uh, there are a few things that the government is doing. Okay, uh, I can take an, a typical example in the way uh, the Telangana government went ahead and did this. They went ahead and said that if you want to do a startup or if you want to register a company or if you want to get approvals of our government or whatever it is, put it onto our website. If it doesn't get approved in 60 days, it's self-approved. Which means that there's this, this, I mean, if, if, if we have a question, we are going to question you within that. And if, if we couldn't question you, then you're, you're self-approved, which means that you, you run at, the, at that pace. Uh, I may be wrong on the numbers, but that's how it is. So auto-approval... Or, I mean, these are things that actually bring uh, people together, make people think that, hey, I can fail fast and I could, I could, I could take the risk and it could be a very short term. Uh, yes, um, they, they're not looking at the runway, but I think so they can create the runway. So if you, if you are, I mean, earlier, I think so you used to say that if you, if you, if you can't run your startup for, the, uh, for three years, for example, or if you didn't survive your first three years, I think so you're a failure in respect of that. I mean, so that's how it is. But but these days, I think so. Eighteen months is, is, is quite good enough, <laughs> because you could you could easily, easily. So that's that's how it is. You're you're narrowing um, the window from from going to from thirty six months to an eighteen months. I think so. That itself is a huge thing. So people are getting adventurous. Uh, people uh, see that uh, they don't need a lot of seed uh, to actually run something, uh, but get the concept, uh, solve the problem, and then get going. Uh, I've seen a lot of companies come in and say that, hey, uh, is, there, is there an opportunity for me to go ahead and try something really radically new? Can I change the process and systems which I've been running well-oiled for, for even like 100 years? I mean, I, we have these ideas come, come back and say that I have, a, like I'll give you a classic example. It need not be a startup. It can be an enterprise. Enterprises are thinking like that. Like, for example, an enterprise came back and said that, hey, 
uh, I have a problem which is which is systemic in nature. Like for example, uh, I'm doing HR. I have an attrition of 15%. And then I'm also recruiting a number of people, lateral hires. So I'm, I'm plugging that. I'm having a head count or like if it's 100,000 then you're talking about 20,000 people I have to hire. And just to hire 20,000 people, I have three lakh resumes. Now, how do I scan three lakh resumes? How do I get the best out of it? Get them for an interview, give them an offer, and then you have this, uh, the, in, the, in the HR world, they call it as an infant mortality, which is nothing but you take the offer, there's a time between the offer was given and then you join, he shows the offer to somebody else and then goes off, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so they come back and say that, hey, how can I get the best from the industry, from a three lakh to a 20,000 over a period of uh, one year? And then they're thinking, hey, can I do some sort of machine learning? Can I do some sort of find backward uh, 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 telescope and then see which are the people who are likely to get in? What are the top guys, top management? What are the top numbers that I should give them? They're doing really amazing work and they're really being agile. And, and you're talking about a system, which is a HR system, which has been running for, for years together, just fine. So, so if you really look at it, even, even those traditional workloads are becoming agile. They are thinking agile. Although they may not call themselves Ajaya, that's the difference. Well, I've been coming to India for 15 years on business, as you know, and the most change I've seen in India has been in the last two years, which is amazing. It's India has been very risk adverse for startups. And now you're seeing, um, I guess what you've just mentioned is the perfect combination of a generational change and a cost structure. So it's pretty fascinating to watch. Vinod, as we look out over the next six to 12 month horizon, what does the future hold for you and MTC? Okay, so um, a number of things. I'm, uh, I'm really gung-ho about the way the startups are coming, the new ideas are floating, the way the enterprises are behaving like a startup. Uh, if not, they are one, but they are behaving like one. Uh, so uh, I'm really excited about the fact that there's, there's lots to achieve. Um, the, uh, the cloud vision is, is one thing that I'm seeing. A lot of people are embracing it uh, with, with uh, a pinch of salt, with a pinch of caution and all that, but people are looking for it. People are embracing the mobile technology, for example, hugely. And uh, I'm seeing that that trend is going to also drive a, drive a lot of uh, innovation. So uh, for me, if you really look at it, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at um, customers who are going to actually push us on both these pivots. Uh, how can uh, cloud help them accelerate, do something? Uh, and how can mobile uh, get them to the reach that they have uh, been wanting to? So uh, both uh, from uh, productionization with cloud and um, uh, consumption using mobile will be the next pivot around which I think so. Uh, we are seeing it at, at MTC uh, a lot more. Uh, we are seeing it inside our customers. So I'm excited about it. Um, and uh, I think so every other day there is a new uh, new technology that is coming in. And I think so that's more exciting for us because uh, people can make mistakes and that's the place where we are there to give them advice. Vinod, it's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks a lot for hosting me in the show. Next week on Agile Next, we have Dean Leffingwell from Scaled Agile Academy speaking with us about SAFE. A big Agile Next thank you to our sponsors, Fresco Capital and Applebrook Consulting. Visit Fresco Capital at frescocapital.com and Applebrook Consulting at apple-brook.com. We hope to see you next week on Agile Next. In the meantime, check out our website at agilenext.tv. 